Hey folks, welcome back to the finale of the DC Three Casts Future State coverage. I am Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince. Before we do, before we dig in, guys, let's do a let's do a beverage roll call here. Vince, what are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking a grape crystal light, and it's disgusting. Oh God, oh, gosh, my teeth hurt just hearing you drink that. <laughs> Zach, what are you drinking? Uh, once again, I am drinking over a liter of water. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. So I was in the supermarket on uh, Sunday night. Did you get the Coca-Cola coffee? I got a Coca-Cola coffee vanilla. I have not tried it yet. Oh, my goodness. We're going to try I'm, I'm it. Starting, I'm starting a revolution. Did you, you – you enjoyed it, right? Yeah. Oh, it's the best thing. It's uh, incredible. I need to wean myself off of them. Did you have the vanilla flavor or no? I had them all, baby. Okay, so uh, <laughs> because I'm a good Catholic boy, I'm giving up soda for Lent. So this is my last probably uh, soda for at least 40 days. So let's see how this goes. What's the, what's the best one? What's the best one to get in on the ground floor with if you're if you're gonna try the Coke and Coke? This Coke is pretty coffee. fucking good, guys. <laughs> this yeah, is yeah. Uh, who, baby. <laughs> I mean, vanilla Coke is is the is best. Where it's at, so I can only imagine. Oh God, this is good. Jesus, <laughs> you got me again, Coca Cola. <laughs> All right. Damn, that's good. All right. I thought it was gonna be gross. You'll, I'm, so I'm happy. You'll still, you'll still keep drinking that shit. No, I won't. No, I won't. I'm giving it up. I'm being a good boy. I was uh, representing the Trump tweet. Yeah, I, I, I refuse to acknowledge that. <laughs> so. All right, well, let's let's dig in here, and um, we're going alphabetically, of course, but there's going to be a point in the show where things are going to get really interesting. So I I'm going to kind of push us through some of these less interesting books to get to the sort of the meatier shit here. So Future State Aquaman number two, written by Brandon Thomas, illustrated by Daniel Sampier. Um, I, again, I said this last week on the show, I feel like these issues, for the most part, for, uh, let me put it this way. For the books I didn't love the first issues of, the second issues were better. And I would say universally, I feel like this, the back half of the event wrapped up some of the stories better than I anticipated. And I'll include Aquaman in that. I didn't think this was a great issue, but I thought there was more here than there was in the first issue. Vince, did you agree with me? Yes, I did. I, I thought the... Some of the stuff with the with the glimmer fish um, kind of inhabiting uh, Andy's uh, missing leg, some of that stuff was a little repetitive. Um, yeah. But I thought that I thought yeah, but I thought the stuff between Jackson and Andy was all very strong. Um, whether it was the training or the stuff at the very end when when um, when Andy saves him. Um, and the, the little the little nod towards the future Justice League at the very end was was quite good. Um, so yeah, on, on the whole, I liked this. Um, it just took a little bit for this issue to get going, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was it was good. Zach, um, yeah, I I liked this well enough. The art was really good. I I repeat again, I I think this is good Saint Pierre art. Um, the coloring is really, really good. I, I forget who the colorist was. Um, it is Adriana Lucas. Okay, I think didn't Lucas do um, Suicide Squad with Tom Taylor? Mm, couldn't tell you. Yeah, possibly. I kind of, I kind of th think Lucas was the colorist on that book too, um, because it it looks really similar to me. Um, I love the the Jackson and Andy stuff. I want them to be like the new Aquaman thing going forward. I'm I'm yeah. like oh, I'm over Arthur and Mara. Could not care less. Never want to see them again. <laughs> let let these two do the do their thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I do think I, I want to see more of them. I don't know if I'm ready to write off two classic characters yeah. forever, but you know, no, you, we you. Don't, we don't need them. I mean. They, here's what I think the run from what like Dan Abnett to 
Um, from the start of Ke- Rebirth. Yeah, from the start of Rebirth to Kelly Sue. Like, what more can you really do with those characters at this point that hasn't been done already? I felt like that was all a very nice encapsulation of the two of them. And if you end it with them finally being allowed to get married and have this kid, that's it. I agree with Zach. Like, it's not that I never want to see them again, but they, they are now elder statespeople we in want, the background. We want Aquaman Boruto. That's right. Arthur's still there. He's just the Hokage. That's right. I'm doing the bowling gif. The Pete, <laughs> we- the Pete Weber bad boy of bowling. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing that you know that guy's name. Oh, um, dude, I was I was watching professional bowling when you were uh, in short pants, mister. Uh, well, I was in a bowling league as a youth. <laughs> I did not know that. About that explains a lot, actually. My team was called the Lightning Strikes. Nice. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, this is fine. Uh, again, I, I feel like this will be the start of a really interesting status quo that we're probably not going to get. So kind of a bummer. Yeah. All right. Next up is um, Future State Batman Superman number two, written by Gene Lewin Yang, illustrated by a combination of Ben Oliver, Steven Segovia, and Scott McDaniel. And uh, y'all know how I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to save it for a second. Uh, Zach, start us off with this one. This was fine. I don't know. Um, yeah, this was, this was fine. I, I think I liked it a little better than the prior installment, but you also didn't get a full issue of Ben Oliver, who I'm not as big of a fan of as, as Brian is certainly, but like Ben Oliver do two full issues of something challenge is what I'm saying. Uh, he did Um, at least six issues of Batwing, sir. That is the last time. That's the last time. There, that he's done two consecutive issues of anything, and I'll stand by that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's wrong, but okay. I, I know it probably is wrong, but it just seems like anyway, it doesn't matter. There was a book that he was solicited for and then didn't even do one issue of. <laughs> I mean, what what book was that? Do you remember that? I don't know. I I whenever I think of that move, that that's that's the classic Jim Lee move, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um yeah, I, this was okay. I liked the creep factor of Superman's uh, eye DNA being used to create these, like, super eye surveillance uh, uh, devices that literally got, like, implanted in the poor rats and bats of Gotham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that was, uh, I liked that bit of kind of a body horror type thing I, I liked buddy baker's very small role at the end where he's yep. helping cure all of them but but other than that like my the story's the same as the first issue i i think it's just okay pretty standard kind of thing brian go off king you love this i did love this um gene yang writes the best bruce and clark they are so good together there is so much great stuff in this issue about them i will i will concede the point that this probably shouldn't have been a future state book. This it feels like they put the word magistrate in here, like basically uh, just to um, just to make this fit into this continuity. But I think what you get here in terms of a story with Bruce and Clark together is really really good. Uh, it's just it's it's a really enjoyable story. And I like, like you said, the creep factor was good. I love the idea of Clark saying that, you know, he gambles on people's goodness and that usually pays off. There's just, there's a lot of really, really good stuff within this issue. And it doesn't really fit in with this event and that's okay. But I will say this is way better than you guys are giving me credit for. Well, I've been wrong before, so... So uh, let's move over then. We're just flying through these to uh, Future State Dark Detective number four, written by Mariko Tamaki, illustrated by Dan Mora. 
you know, we keep harping. You know, I, actually, Vince, start this off. I'll send my piece in a minute. Um, boy, this ended up this ended up being a, a pretty generic Bruce and Gotham story. I thought uh, looked great. Dan, Dan Moore's art was great. Um, I, I really liked the way this all kicked off, but then it never really, it never really built up to anything more than there's nothing unexpected here. You know, Bruce is like messing around with those surveillance drones. He's caught essentially ends up blowing the whole thing up. I, I, I don't know. There's, Oh, I wanted, I wanted something more from this story-wise. I thought it looked great. I think that the Dan Mora art looks great. The Jordi Belair colors I've I've praised all along. The lettering from uh, Aditya Bidikar looks great. Um, I just wanted more plot-wise. Yeah. Um, I'll jump in here. I feel like this was also a case of an incredibly rushed ending. We keep talking about this, the pacing being weird, but it feels like this ending was, this really came out of almost nowhere. Last issue, we got a little bit of stuff with Bruce's, quote, roommates, um, but this issue like just makes them way more important than you'd think, and it just, I don't know, it just, it, it felt like there was this mystery of Peacekeeper 1 maybe being somebody interesting, and that didn't pay out, pay off in any way, and... This this really feels like maybe of all of these books, this is the thing I would be least inclined to want to read more stories in this in this era, because like you said, Vince, it just becomes a a standard like Bruce in Gotham story. There's nothing really interesting here. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, superhero comics already are technologically advanced enough that nothing in this series felt like it couldn't have happened in regular Gotham City. You know? Yeah. Like I don't know. And and maybe that's the point. Maybe maybe the point is that that Gotham in a like a fascist police state is not far off from this. But uh one thing I wanted to bring up is Peacekeeper One is the the red haired guy, right? Yes. The whole time I was thinking this would be a notch more interesting if that was like a roided up um, Kate Kane's dad. Interesting. Okay. But I don't think it was, right? <laughs> like no, it, we never get that indication, <laughs> no. I mean, I you could even go back to, you know, it, maybe it would be more interesting if it was Jason Todd, who is naturally a redhead. Mm-hmm. That would have been maybe a more interesting story. But there's just nothing here. Just nothing here. Uh, Zach? Zach? He got mad because we weren't talking sorry, about House of I'm, I'm Sorry, I got muted somehow. Um, I must I just muted myself. Um, what was I saying? Um, I liked this pretty well. Um, the art was good. The art was really good, as usual. Um, but... I coming into this was wondering if this was maybe going to be the story that kind of put a capper on the whole uh, magistrate storyline. And like you, like you guys mentioned, I kind of thought maybe there would be a bit more to the reveal of who, who peacekeeper one was, but it, it really like, we didn't get any of that. It just kind of ended and um, was generally, I think pretty un, unsatisfying. Um, yeah. I, I didn't love it. I, w- I just wish there was more here because I feel like and, and look, the good news of this is that Mora and Tamaki are going to be doing more Bruce stories and hopefully in a less convoluted, uh, you know, um, background. So hopefully there will there'll be more good stuff where this came from. Yeah. And I mean, we it's kind of a similar situation to like with Green Lantern, but at least in this case, 
the book looked good and wasn't, you know, um, like impenetrable. Yes, agreed. Unlike House of L, is that what you're saying? You're a madman. <laughs> we'll get to that soon enough. Okay. Uh, first up, we have to talk about the Red Hood backup by Joshua Williamson and illustrated by Giannis Malono Giannis. And like we said last time about this, I really, truly believe that this might be the best-looking book we got in the entire event. Milano Giannis' art is just so fucking awesome. Uh, I don't almost it, don't care what the words are. For sure. I almost don't yeah. care what the words are. It's so good-looking. Look- yeah, it's it's up there. It's probably it's probably in my top three. Yeah. I would say this, Joel Jones, and um, um, honestly, probably Gleb's Midnighter mm-hmm. for me. That's fair. Any notes on this story at all? Did you ever think in a million years that the White Rabbit from <laughs> Finch's Dark Knight book from the New 52 would ever show up again? Honestly, no. <laughs> no. It's- it's pretty good design too. Yeah, here, I, I here. liked it a lot. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, I liked the Jason uh, Rose stuff. They're they're an interesting pairing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I wonder if we'll get more. I know we're getting more Rose in the Robin book, so I wonder, written by Williamson. So I wonder if we'll see them paired up at all in that book. If Jason's even a part of that book. There's a strong chance, I think. Isn't, um, correct me if I'm wrong, is the first arc of the Future State Gotham book about Red Hood? It Mm -hmm. is. Okay. And is that, that's co-written by Williamson, right? It's not... Yes, but I believe Milono Giannis is... I know he did the character design for it. Let me look up quickly if he's the artist on it. I kind of don't think he is. Well, I know it's it's a, it, the book's in black and white, which oh, is an is? odd choice. Yes, it is. Um, that that is weird, especially because I feel like the specifically the red in this um, in this book it pops so much. It's gonna be weird to see it in a more muted tone. But hang on. Future State Gotham. Um, the first arc is co-written by Josh Williamson and Dennis Culver. And yeah, it's art by Giannis Milano Giannis. Well, okay. That's awesome. So yeah, it's in black and white, which again is an interesting choice. But it if he's doing the art, I'll be picking up this book for sure. Um, anything else to say about this particular story? No, I wonder who do we have any idea who that was at the end of the book that he was talking to? Um, I don't know. It it seemed like just a generic uh, magistrate kind of stooge, but the, but then like why have them obscured so much in shadow and yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting. I'm sure that's something that will be picked up in the in the ongoing or, or in the not on, you know what I mean in the mm-hmm. miniseries thing. Well, it, it's an ongoing book, but that that's just one that's, arc in it. Yeah, right, right. Um. All right. Um. Let the fireworks fly, guys. Let's talk about <laughs> Future State House of L number one, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, illustrated by Scott Godlewski. The thing I'm going to say before I let you guys duke it out is that this is very good Godlewski art. Maybe the best Godlewski art we've seen. Yes. For sure. Good, good Lewski. Yes. Um, so, Zach, I'm going to let you start. Uh, this is my favorite DC thing I've read since the Multiverse's End issue. And it's not close. Um, all right. This is just the best. Like I want this all the time. I want 
I I want these characters. I want I want this to be a whole thing. I want one shots for each of these characters, giving me all the info on them. There's a there's a super woman who's a blue lantern. Uh and she, her, she has a brother, his name's Rowan. You've got a uh, an L who is a Tamarian. She's she's real angry. You've got this like gladiator looking L. You've got Brandon Kent, who is like an old man Superman kind of guy. Um, he reminds me of like old Clark Kent from Kingdom Come. Um, you've got Brainiac Four. You've got all the the extrapolation of the United Planet stuff. You've got New God stuff. This is like a better version of the Superman Squad to me. This is this is so good. I love this so much. Um, this is my favorite thing in Future State by just by a long shot. I think it's just full of cool ideas and cool characters. I, I the only the only big detraction I, I will give it is that I think the ending is very abrupt. I feel like this is one of those cases where this was supposed to be like a six issue series or something, and then they kind of just had to rush the ending that said i think the ending is fascinating the the introduction of this this evil son of superman and cersei um that sounds very much like a bruce and talia type situation yep um and bruce you know or, or clark kind of turns him and they go off to this like alternate universe where he's going to go be a superman and that just whips it's so good i just i love this whole thing um i i want more of this i'm going to uh hold my comments after vince talks i mean i thought this was great i i don't know i don't know what all this uh, setup was about that that i'm not gonna like it or something because you said you were gonna be canceled when you talked about it but the cancellation thing was about the Tom King thing that I said. Oh, it, okay, okay. Um, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Everything that you just said, Zach, is true. But I feel like this it's is true. the perfect... All of it. <laughs> it's true, all of it. Uh, this is the perfect example of what I was talking about, though, when I was talking about um, the Teen Titans stuff a couple weeks ago about how that book is so packed full of ideas that could all be their own books, but I'm glad we're not getting them. But having a lot of stuff going on does not a good comic make. Um, I feel like this is, this is too much in the, in the other direction where like there's so much going on here, but there really needed to be more, comics about this stuff like to me all that stuff gets packed into teen titans and it works perfectly and you don't need more information than what you got you know you could you could get more info you could get more stories about some of this stuff but you don't need it whereas i feel like i feel like you really needed more out of this um and so i don't have any problems with with philip k johnson and and scott godlewski's work here and i think like you're right. It's packed full of all these great ideas. When you say you want one shots about all these characters, yeah, absolutely. Bring it on. The crime is that this is a 40 page one shot and that's it. Why? Why? Why is this only one issue? Answer I, me that. Like, I, I, why did they decide to do it this way? I have, That's a great question. I have no idea. I guarantee we will see some of these characters again so i i, I, I hope have a so but like take okay before you get to that though like just i agree with you zach i think we will but it is baffling to me that you look at everything else in future state and the way that everything else has been done which you know there's been a lot of variation but like the the pretty consistent thing is everything gets two issues or everything gets four issues and sometimes there's backups, sometimes there's not. Why was this not two 40-page issues where, like, in place of a backup, it was just a, a, you know, doubly, like, double the size? Or why was this not four weeks of, of something? Like, 
there is too much going on here to justify only 40 pages. And it ends up hurting the book because the black racer thing comes out of nowhere and goes just as fast. Mm-hmm. That stuff with Kal-El's son at the end uh, with Cersei, f- magnificent idea that deserved such a better presentation than what it got, I think. Um, but anyway, sorry, Brian, go go with what you no, were going to say. Let me just say first, I agree with everything that you both said. My note I wrote down was that this is the dopest book we've seen in a long time. This is excellent. This is great. But it also feels like a total tease, right? Uh, because we're not 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 even a tease though. Like, no, keep I, talking. Keep I, talking. I, I, Sorry, I don't. I don't mean a tease. Like we're getting a teaser for more. I mean like a cock tease. Like we're not getting anything <laughs> from this. Like we are. We, we we have been turned, and we're not going to get release. <laughs> well, um, but but the the thing is though, is it is like. A complete story too. It's, it's which is like kind well, of rare and interesting. I think I think it a, is. It's a complete story, but it's so. Uh, it's a complete story, but but things come and go and happens. You can see the that's seams. Sure. You can yeah, see you the can, seams all over it. Yes. Yeah, okay, that's true. Yes. So so, so here again. Oh, go ahead. No, you finish up. No, I don't. It's fine. So. What I think is going to happen with this is so there have been rumors that Philip Kennedy Johnson is starting on action and Superman, and then he's dropping Superman come the summer, and somebody else is going to be taking over that book. I think that you're going to see a mini series based on these characters be his second book later this year because we're getting Future State Gotham. And I feel like yes, it's a Batman book, and you always have to, you have to take like every Batman announcement with a with a grain of salt because of course they're going to give us more Batman books, right? But to yeah, because conti- we're, we're we're expecting like a Superman anthology too, and we don't know if we'll get that based off the like Batman Urban Legends thing. Exactly. So I, I I'm yeah. not saying that it's like that it's a lock. However, this just if the if they weren't going to do more with this then to me this book never gets released because mm-hmm. clearly this was the start of something. And DC said, like, well, we like that enough to keep it going in some form, so let's put out this one shot and then we'll return to it later. Because, like you said, Vince, there's no reason for this to be a one shot. No. And I know that DC is notoriously cheap and wants to reuse old scripts, but like they they fucking just started a show a book rather in on the DC universe uh whatever it's called infinite app that is just old books that never got published mm-hmm. like they have that that place for this now there's mm-hmm. no reason this wouldn't fall into that unless they were going to do something with these characters or maybe this is maybe this is the backup after um midnighter ends you know but i, I do think you're going to see something with these characters again. I hope so. I, I fear my greatest fear out of all the future state is that this is the last we see of, of pretty much all of this stuff. And that DC decided like, Hey, we're going to take what, what Godlewski drew and we're going to cobble together one issue out of it. And that's it. You and, 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 and so my, my problems going in and the things I've been, the thing I was dancing around when we talked about this kind of, kind of to make you think that I hated it is not that I hated it at all. It's that I love it. And the biggest crime uh, going forward would be for, for DC to have left it in the lurch like this. Um, what a waste it would be. And it, it actually would make me dislike this issue then because like it's, Zach, yes, it does tell a story, but it's so not enough. It's and and for them to do it dirty like this, when they put out, you know, the next Batman, which was great in concept, but so overindulgent in being a four-issue decompressed thing in Future State, that to compress this into a one forty-page comic is just baffling to me. Yeah, I. I would just be so surprised since this is the team that is doing action comics that like 
this stuff doesn't get picked up in some way, especially since we already know that stuff from Future State is going to play a significant part in some in some way in in Infinite Frontier. I I hope you're right. I sincerely hope. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess that that that's an interesting place to you know. I'll say that for the end of the show because. There's there's only to me one other book we're gonna spend any real time with tonight. So um I'll come back to that at the end of the show. Any other comments about this book in particular? Um No, I kind of have like a big overall thing that's related to this book, but it, I can I can save it till the end too. Okay. Vince anything? Mm-mm. Alright, well let's take a break and when we come back we will discuss um the last three issues so stay tuned hello we're the hosts of the multiversity manga club podcast i'm emily i'm zach and i'm walter each month we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves past books include monster a silent voice and pokemon adventures we also look back on the past month's installments of weekly shonen jump discussing the highs and lows from the Viz anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. And we are back with Future State, Legion of Superheroes, number two, Written by Brian Michael Bendis, illustrated by Riley Rosmo. Zach, you're the uh, Legion boy. Start us off. I know I'm the Legion boy, but like I, I could not really care less <laughs> about this. Like I really love the Rosmo art. I really like the character designs. Um, I love the character designs. Once again, I wish this was the Legion book that we had started off with. Nothing against like Ryan Sook at all, but. I was kind of underwhelmed a bit by that book. I, I still haven't finished it, honestly. I think I've only gotten to like the jam, uh, you know, the the artist jam issues, and I haven't read past it. Um, and and it's because like the even you see it here, like the story is just like not that interesting. Um, the twist in this issue is not that interesting, mostly because we didn't really have any context or, you know, build up for the conflict anyway. So when you find out that the person they think is you know the villain isn't the villain it's it doesn't mean anything really um and it's like once again setting up for like another new era of legion that we don't know if we'll ever see um bendis has said that he's going to continue on legion but people on this podcast are very doubtful of it so doubt um, doubt about jpeg uh so yeah i just like this was this was nothing to me kind of and and honestly I don't really know why this was part of future state either. Really? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty down on this other than the fact that the art was really, really, really good. Also, John Kent has a mustache at the end, like a weird pencil. Yes. Musketeer mustache. Really weird. Um, so I felt this was better than the first issue. But to me, so I, I I always try and read the books in the order we're going to talk about them. And so having read the House of L book, which introduced, I mean, aside from Clark, there is no character in that book I was familiar with beforehand. And I cared so much more about the characters in that book than I cared about the characters in this book, some of which I have read many stories involving because Bendis just, uh, he's not working for me on Legion. He's not. To me, the Bendis Legion stuff is the worst of, it's like all of Bendis' bad qualities put together in one book. Oh, man. There's a talking over each other. There's the decompression. There's, it's just, it, it doesn't work for me at all. And this book was boring as shit. And I don't care about it at all. Vince, I can't believe I'm. Well, I do. I can believe it because I'm the Bendis Legion boy. I think that that book is is pretty good, and I think Young Justice is the one that has the worst tendencies. Um, but 
I I kind of liked I can't came around on this too. Like I didn't really like the first issue that much, and and this issue I thought was um um I do think made, it's better. Yeah, it's better. It made more sense motivationally for the characters, and I think the the Saturn girl twist where like she her she and her people were really the ones behind the the attack that got pinned on Element Lad. Like all of that stuff worked pretty well for me. Um. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Like I'm not like head over heels, but but I really enjoyed my reading of it. Um, and I and I've liked the the Bendis Legion stuff, d- despite some of its faults for sure. Don't you kind of feel like this could have been like the second year of his Legion book, but it got yeah. condensed to two issues? Yes, absolutely. And and that and that um, and that yeah, it doesn't necessarily fit in in future state that much. Yes. One hundred percent. You're right about that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move over to Suicide Squad, written by Robbie Thompson, illustrated by Javi Fernandez. Um, again, I hate to sound like a broken record here. I liked a lot of this. It felt very rushed. I wonder how much of this will play into the new Suicide Squad series. Yeah, I don't know. Again, uh, kind of, it seems like it will um, in some way, um, especially the Connor stuff. Um, I I liked this pretty well. Um, it seems like we almost got like some scenes of what we're going to be seeing in that almost kind of like Teen Titans-esque, um, the way that, that worked out. We got some scenes of stuff that's going to happen in that book you know we we saw like connor with the suicide squad going up against um some other heroes or some other characters one of one of whom was that the the new flash character mm-hmm. um yeah I, I i thought this was fine this was like above average for me vince um yeah, yeah, above average is 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 a good way to put it. I think uh, I like where it leaves everything off at the end. That's interesting. When when Connor Kent gets whisked away um, to Earth three, and 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 he's that Earth Superman, I guess now. Um, yeah, which is an interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but really, this was just more of the same from the from the first issue, and so the surprise of the the characters involved kind of wears off. Um, the novelty of it wore off a little bit, but but certainly not bad. And and nice uh, Javier Fernandez art. Yeah, um, I will. I will say that I really like the idea of Waller pitting. Connor against his sort of biology in this just saying like you know you're not Superman you're not Lex you're a clone you are just 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 the way that that she was sort of playing his his origin off of him I thought was really interesting and I enjoyed that um but like you said Vince without the sort of surprise element this was this was it's a quote Zach above average but not not necessarily like my favorite thing I read this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, One other thing I want to say before we move sure. on is that that they're so clearly trying to get Peacemaker over. Yep. And uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I I don't know I don't know if, I don't know if I need I don't know I don't know I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm bearish on the whole bearish is the bad one right <laughs> I'm bearish on Peacemaker stock. Um. I mean, to me, you take away the the charm of John Cena and what's left. I I I can't ever see him in the first place. So I I like his helmet. <laughs> he's got a he's got a cool costume. <laughs> this is why folks listen to us. Cool costume, John Cena jokes, etc. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, this was fine. But the backup here, the Black Adam backup, written by Jeremy <sighs> Adams. Illustrated by Fernando Passarin. Uh the Quintessence. Oh yeah. Now with Sinestro. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> Nutty. I love it. Love it and, so much. And and Barda. Barba. Barba. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you look at our copy of it, I big, just big Barba. That, uh, I didn't even really register that. I think Not I just enough. assumed that that was like a descendant of Barda, but it actually probably was a typo. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I mean, it, maybe it is a descendant, but I feel like if it was, they would have made it more clear. Maybe, yeah. But, but I feel like if Sinestro, if the Sinestro is on this team, then sure, I, I feel like... Sure, why wouldn't it be Bard? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Um, this this book is just so full of so many great ideas. Gold Beetle being like this descendant of Blue Beetles and gold, Booster Golds. Yes. Genius. Mm-hmm. Um... It does say Barba, my goodness. <laughs> Big Barba. <laughs> I didn't even Bar- notice Barbasol. that. Barbasol. Big Barbara. <laughs> oh. Big Bertha. <laughs> Large Marge. Let's move on. Large uh, Marge. <laughs> when Scott Free turned over, he looked like this. <laughs> Zach's too young for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, Vince, you're right. Or Zach, whoever said all the ideas in this book, because Zach, there is, Zach. there is, there are so many ideas in this book. Um, I co-sign it. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, the gold beetle stuff is really cool. I, I really enjoyed one of the things that that's cool about black Adam is that when black Adam is done properly, he really is he's not even an anti-hero he's just he's just a really unique character in the DC like universe there is there is so much good within him but also so much pain and hubris and i feel like this used all of that to a really good uh degree without making it seem like sometimes sometimes he can be written a bit as a bipolar character where just depending when you see him he seems totally different I thought that Adams did a good job here um, just sort of giving the character a lot of depth and a lot of nuance without making it seem like it was two separate characters. We also got to see a lot of uh, like interesting characters in that lost ba- that last bastion of magic at the I guess it's at the Rock of Eternity or no, sorry, the, the Tower of Fate rather. Uh, we saw like Zoriel for the first time in God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Um and Doctor Demon was like wearing like a full like clothing, human clothing. He's wearing a schoolboy outfit almost. Uh, yeah, like he's fucking Angus Young. Uh, got Blue Devil there. Got uh, Amethyst, like an old Amethyst. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I eat that shit up. And mm. and the the Quintessus being Hippolyta, the Spectre, Shazam, uh, Big Barbasol, and Sinestro <laughs> is is just Chef Kiss emoji. So fun, yeah. Um, we see the death of Resurrection Man. Yep, pour one out for a real one. Yep. Um, I this is one of those stories that I feel like maybe we'll get a little bit more of sort of the you know how how this how this all connects. So the the book ends. In 2021, mm-hmm. with Black Adam in hell, yeah. and and it, it's hard to know if this is going to be a part of Teen Titans slash Shazam stuff going forward. Do you guys think it is? I kind of don't. I I think I I think wherever we they may do the thing where they show these characters picking up from here, but it will be a completely different. They'll be like dusting themselves off and being like, "Well, on to our next adventure." You know, I don't think they'll dwell too much more with the subject matter of this uh, event with these characters, because um, what Black Adam is going to be in Bendis's 
Justice League, right? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Correct, yes. Yeah. And so I don't think that's going to have really anything to do with this. But, you know? Well, th- there's one thing that I, I saw pointed out that I think is obvious once you hear it, which is just that they go to extreme lengths here to make Black Adam look like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who who, <laughs> yeah. is, who is playing Black Adam in the upcoming film. And so I wonder if, even if Bendis doesn't pick up this thread, if this is just going to be like... So this is a weird like time loop thing, right? Where this is the old Black Adam, like the Black Adam from the DC 1 million timeline sent back to hell. So are there two Black Adams running around? And oh, one, Christ. You know, like, I don't... Is, it's kind of like the Midnighter thing that happens too. Yes, and it kind of reminds me of like almost the um, Superman when he when there were when there was the pre New Fifty Two Superman running around. Yeah, and, and like it just it gets it gets dumb and confusing there. I don't think they're gonna do that. I I'm hoping they don't do something like that. There's not enough Black Adam to go around for for that story. <laughs> I beg to differ, but you know that already. Yeah. Um, what I mean is he's gonna be he's gonna be focused on in like one book, and so right. they're not gonna they're not gonna mess around with multiple Black Adams. I think you're probably right about that. Any other notes on this uh, story? Um, no, no, no. The art was good. I th- I think that this like stands out as one of the best, though. This Black Adam story, especially Maybe... with the connection to the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I would maybe put it like just slightly below Teen Titans. Um, you know, now that is this. Is this the last book that we're talking about? Or do we have, no, one? We have one, we more. one more? We've got one more. Okay, okay. There's one more snooze fest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well let's let's get to that that uh nap in book form. Uh Superman versus Imperious Lex number two, written by Mark Russell, illustrated by Steve Pugue. This is fine. This is a good story. It has no place in Future's End. Future State, rather, <laughs> um, or Future End for that matter, I guess. Um, the one thing though is we we have to. I, I believe it was our good friend Walter Richardson who yelled at me on on Twitter about this that we never mentioned the weird mask that Lex is wearing the whole time. How like it looks like Lex is wearing yeah. some sort I, of. Uh, I, I it was in my notes to mention it last time, and I just forgot to. Yeah, so, yeah. He, I mean, I guess he's no, just, it like, wasn't. Really You're old. lying. He's covered your ass. I'm yeah. sorry. Say, say again, uh, Zach. Vince was trying to slander me on the show. Uh, he's never done that. Um, I, I was just saying he, he's just uh, he's really gross and old underneath, right? So he wears that mask to look young. That's how I, I would, read it. I would guess so. I would guess so. He looks like uh, Mr. Spenning from Mallrats. <laughs> yes. But who will stink palm him is the question. <laughs> Hopefully somebody in the next issue, because then maybe I'll I'll feel good about reading it. It's fine. It's not a bad book. It just has no place here. I, yeah, I, I, there's nothing wrong with it other than it's it's the it's the same Mark Russell trick. Like I like I already said. Yeah. All right. Well, that aside from. <laughs> The uh, I guess we can briefly mention that the the Batman Black and White story, um, written by John Ridley, that features Tim Fox as Batman. Um, that's a good story that introduces one of the Fox sisters. What what is that that sister's name? Tam Fox? No, no I thought Tam no. was the other one. I oh. it, yeah, I, I I should know this, but as like a new sidekick for him, um. The story's good. It has uh, Olivier Coipel art, which is multibane, and uh, it, it's good. It, it's fun. Aside from Superman versus Imperious Lex number three, this is officially the end of like the the event of Future State. Like uh, we talked about last time, there is that Gotham series starting. 
uh, in May or April, April or May, I forget which one now. Uh, and we are also going to hopefully get more of like the House of L stuff. I think we're going to see more Future State stuff in general over the next year or so. But taking the event as a whole, how do we feel about it? I, I have some I have some relatively complicated theor- uh, feelings about it. But I'll start off by saying that almost every book wound up being as good or better than I thought it would be, with the exception of the Gotham books, which almost all bored me more than I thought. That's sort of my, like, review in a nutshell. What do you guys say? Zach, you take it away. Um, I would say this is, like probably the best of these types of events of events that DC has maybe ever done in my opinion just because the highs are so high I think the highs are higher than they've ever been for this kind of thing um that said the lows were kind of low for me too um so like the bad books were I, I just think the bad books were such an abysmal disappointment. I, I think the super for me it probably goes um the Superman stuff just kind of almost purely based on the how much I love the House of L thing. <laughs> um but I also really did like No the reason to bias Trump. there whatsoever. Yeah, no. Um the I mean it was the best one. The super Superman of Metropolis was pretty good. Um Superman Wonder Woman was great. That was like top tier for me. Um, and, and then that would kind of bleed over into the Wonder Woman side, uh, which I would put in like just below Superman. Um, and the Teen Titans stuff, I would probably put between Superman and Wonder Woman. That All of that stuff was like really, really good. And then there's just this huge gulf with the Batman stuff. Um, so... Yeah, I, I overall liked the event pretty well. Yeah, I think I, I, I mostly agree with Zach there. I think the highs were tremendously high. Um, you know, this, there were several books that we slobbered on, and I'm not going to go over them all again. Um, I don't think the lows were that bad. The The Flash book is the one thing that, like, came closest to oh this is like this is like new 52 dreadful um other than that like the worst i could say about a book is that it was a little boring you know um i may be forgetting was there another bad one besides the flash was there something that stuck out as oh yeah 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 we and we talked about that to death um but I think my take home point with this whole thing is that I so wish DC, you know, for whatever reason, whether it was DiDio's canning or, or whatever led to this, I so wish they would have just stuck to their guns, especially if they're going to uh, go back to this well once the future state event is over. Like if, if, if they're continuing you know, a lot of the stuff from this event, I wish they would have just stuck to their original guns with it. And because I think, I think, you know, if there's anything that drove me nuts or was bad about this event, it was the structure in so many different ways. Um, Whether it was books that felt like they were truncated when they shouldn't have been, or books that were just plain released out of order. Um, that end of things was a complete mess. And I, w- I wish they would have just said, you know what, this is what DC is going to be. Take it or leave it. If, if things are not working in six months, they can, um, you know, make changes then or whatever. Right. But I think, you know, for, for all the good, the, the, the many good aspects of future state, the structure was pretty abominable. That that's the thing that let it let it down the most for sure. More more than any individual book or status quo. See, what's hard about a statement like that is that 
and I don't disagree with it, right? But I also think it's not fair to judge these books based on anything but what the books are. Oh, I think the seams are all over. That's the problem, you know? The, the seams are there. So, so I am judging them, like, for what they are. I, I can't tell you definitively what, what this was supposed to be. You know? I, I, I couldn't put the pieces all together for you. Mm-hmm. But I just know that, that the, the seams were the big problem. For sure. Me. And that's fair, I suppose. Um, I guess what I would say is that aside from the Flash and Green Lantern... And maybe Legion, maybe Legion. I don't think there's any book here that I came out of it not enjoying the ride I took in Future State. Some I enjoyed more than others. Clearly, like you know, I don't think Immortal Wonder Woman is going to be quick on my like, quick to be like reread by me. But I think that you know the the art in that book made it enjoyable enough that I enjoyed my time with that book. And I, I really can't think of too many other events like this that had such a that had such a uh, I guess it's just consistent batting average, like like not a uh, it it wasn't all home runs, but but there was just there was this the the ceiling may not have been as high as I hoped, but the floor was way higher than I thought it was going to be. And I feel like for an event like this, to to have all those great super books, all those great Teen Titans family books, uh, the great Yara Floor book, the enjoyable weirdness of like the Red Hood backup being really good, or um, a couple of those Green Lantern backups being like the, the Teen Lantern Mogo story was really fun, like... There's just there's so much here that I feel is is positive. And and here's the question I've meaning to ask you guys since I finished reading these books the other day. Is this event did we get more good comics in Future State than we would have had in just if it was a regular January and February of DC Comics? I'm going to say yeah. That's a really interesting question. Um, oh boy. I, I'm going to say yes too because I think by I think the, the, the upside of condensing some of this stuff down is that it, it hit you hard and fast with whatever good ideas it had and, and all at once across two months. Um, so there is that to say for it. Um, I I still think the structure could have been handled better. But yes, I think yeah, I I think I think it was hitting you with a fastball that it wouldn't have otherwise had. I think I think I agree. Also, I think this was probably better than we got. Than we we would have got. If it was just the regular um, January, February, here's my second question for you guys. Does this set up a more interesting status quo for DC or is this going to be just a uh, just kind of an interesting blip that may affect a couple of things here and there, but isn't like the inciting event to a new era? I think it is the inciting event to a new era. Um, I, I alluded in an earlier show that, like, I kind of think what some of it was is that writers were writers were given, you know, write me a pitch for six issues or whatever, and then when DC, you know, maybe changed how they were going to do things, they said, well, you know, let's let's take the ideas from your six issue pitch and let's circumvent whatever the you know whether it was like the dying green lantern battery or the you know circumvent whatever status quo you came up with or whatever conflict you came up with and and kind of take this forward and i think that that's 
I think that's why you're going to see spillover into Infinite Frontier. And I think it is going to open up whatever comes next, especially when you hear uh, Joshua Williamson talk about it. Um, yeah, I do. I, I think it is the inciting event for something. Zach? Yeah, I definitely do. I think I've talked a lot about how I think we're going to see a bunch of stuff from Future State roll over into Infinite Frontier. So yeah, I think uh, I think it's the inciting event, and I, I think that it's not the last we'll see of some of these stories. I hope I hope we're all right about this. I mean, I, I think it's pretty hard to look at Future State as anything less than at least a a qualified success, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, at least like, at least for our tastes, and and I don't know how sales are doing, um, but you know, sales aside, like I think, yeah, it's it's more good than bad, and that's a success. It's going to be very interesting to look back at this a year or two from now when we see what the line looks like to see how much impact this stuff did have. Mm -hmm. And I'm very much excited to see what begins with infinite frontier, which begins next week, guys. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. We get that big old one shot infinite frontier number zero. And, uh, I cannot wait to dig into that. And so, um, yeah, I don't know what the show is going to look like for the next month or so. Um, we're going to cover, I guess, all the big stuff, right? Yeah. Should I should I read off only what we're going to talk about for next week? I mean, have we decided what we're going to talk about for next week? I think it's fairly obvious. Okay, then go ahead. I don't. I don't think we really need discussion. I mean, if you have any qualms about what I'm about to say, speak up. But um, I think we'll probably do Batman 106, right? Sure. Crime Syndicate number one. Okay. Infinite Frontier zero. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Suicide Squad number one. Mm-hmm. And Swamp Thing number one. And that's it. That's pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, that's probably what we should cover, right? Yeah, I, I'm not looking at the list, so I can't tell you. If you're forgetting anything yet. Um, I mean, I left off uh, Man Bat number two. <sighs> That's, yeah, I guess so. I left, I left off uh, Sensational Wonder Woman number one, combining the digital digital stories. Okay. Pro- you know, we're probably not going to read that, right? Sure. I left off uh, Greg Capullo's DC poster portfolio. That's something you don't really read. Yeah, I know. I, you, I left you just, off. I was gonna say you, you just uh... <laughs> so much as you experience it, right? As I say, just you, you know, just washes over you like a wave. And the only other book is uh, dream is the the dreaming waking hours number eight. DC is releasing like only eight books a week or something, and probably only like four, five, or six that we're going to cover right, these yeah. first, first few months yep, per week. That's like, that's like half of what we used to do. You guys remember when we would read 13 issues a week? <laughs> yes, I do. It's called this week <laughs> <laughs> because we doubled yeah. up. Right. Yes, that's right. But yeah, um, it's going to be, it's going to be really weird. And really cool to see how this all shakes out. Um, I, I will say that I think almost universally every book would have been improved if this was a three-month event instead of a two-month event. But I understand why that didn't happen. Yeah. All right. I, I guess that does it for us with Future State. So thank you for listening. This has been a fun journey for us. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed it as well. You heard what we're talking about next week. We'll be doing sort of the big books going forward, um, at least for the first you know couple months of this, of this new uh, initiative. 
if you have to get in touch with us, two-thirds of us on Twitter, I am at Brian is an app. And I am at Wilker Fox. If you need Vince, he has changed his settings in Farmers Only. He is now looking to match up with a Barba. So <laughs> look for him there. <laughs> if, if, if if you're a Barba. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of Barbas on uh, <laughs> Farmers Only. They're country strong, you know. Yeah. Alright, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you in the infinite frontier that is next week. Bye. How many times have we been on this call and Zach's like, Superman uh, punches a bad guy, but just in a comic?